So you want to be a traveler. <laughs> I just like that, that. The title of this episode cracks me up a little bit. I don't know who wrote that. It, it wasn't me. I've been having a lot of fun with it last couple of minutes as we sat down to do this. So you want to be a traveler. So we're going to talk about, I'm going to break this episode basically into some pros and cons of being a traveler. I think this is a great episode for people that are thinking about becoming a traveler. I know we've done some things similar. One thing that comes to mind, it was similar, but different. We're going to talk about, again, <laughs> so you want to be a traveler on this week's edition of Travel Evolved. This is Travel Evolved. I'm still cracking up. I'm Mark Holloway, your host of Travel Evolved. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I, I love the team. They do a good job. Sorry, I'm actually tearing up. I was crying so much. There were some funnier things that happened off camera that I can't explain to you because I'm going to have to change the rating on this, but I was having a good time. Um, Listen, like I said earlier uh, in the intro, I, you know, I felt like we've done something like this. And I like, kept saying, are you sure? Are you sure? We went back. I'm like, what we did is uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic, we did one saying um, it was something about how to start a travel and nursing career. Traveling, not nursing, traveling career. Sorry for all my allied friends out there. I, I don't, every once in a while, I revert back to that. It's not intentional. I just do it. Habit. Many, many years of, of all nursing. I apologize. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is, it's, listen, we've got literally, we were looking, at almost half of our travelers uh, are allied uh, or in or non nursing, I'll put it that way. Not necessarily allied, but not RN specific, it seems like. More like I'd say 40 some percent, which is kind of crazy. It does ebb and flow based upon, it's all about supply and demand, in case you guys don't know. I beat up on that because it's our, our industry is just all based upon that. Always, always, always. But anyway, we did uh, an episode early on in the, during the pandemic that really was, I, I think, to kind of, it was very specific to people that were jumping into the industry uh, simply for the money, simply because they had seen travelers at their you know location and their, their hospital making crazy, crazy money. And they wanted a piece of it. So we felt that we should, we threw that one in there probably not looking at this one but in all honesty we threw it in there because it, it was prudent at the time it was important to kind of say hey you know be careful because here's what you're looking at and there was there was a lot of economic and supply and demand issues that were kind of coming and going and, and coming to a point i think i don't remember if we did it exactly i want to say it was a summer of 21 so um you know like i say we're always about a year and a half ahead, I think, whenever I mentioned an episode, but about a year and a half ago, I guess, uh, that we did that episode. And it was, like I said, it was a good episode. It's a little bit different, definitely different than what we're going to do today. But it had a lot to do with just being careful, I think, about jumping into what sounded like just insane money. And I guess, looking back, we were kind of right to do that episode because not too far after that, six months, five months after that, things started really freezing up, as you guys remember. And I hope that we helped some people not potentially get into travel healthcare because it may have saved them from quitting their job and some of the things we'll talk about here today and I guess start a career that they weren't really sure they wanted to start and for potentially all the wrong reasons and then walking away from uh, the lifestyle and the permanent you know choices that they'd always made up until then so yeah it was a good episode but today we're gonna we were <laughs> so you want to be a healthcare you want to become a traveler I'm sorry. Most of you guys aren't getting what I'm doing because it's it's very <laughs> it's very 
inside jokeish. So it's not fair. It's not fair to talk about it. But anyway, um, listen, here's what I'll start off the episode with. First and foremost, there are plenty of reasons why you should want to be a traveler. Realize that I am a CEO of a travel healthcare company. But I also want you to understand that my goal here today is not to convince people and to increase the overall market of healthcare travelers. That's not what I'm trying to do. Matter of fact, I'm going to break this episode into two completely different sides. I'm going to do the pros and then I'm going to do the cons. And look at my list. I actually think the, the list of the cons is longer slightly. But listen, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I really felt that being a traveler wasn't wonderful. I, I really do. And again, I've never traveled as a healthcare professional, but I've been in this industry for 23 plus years now. I spent a lot of time on the road, especially my early on in my career, as we've, as we've discussed, as we'll continue to discuss. And I understand how wonderful and how much this clicks with people that it does work for. And I also, in the same breath, will tell you, I understand how it doesn't click if it's not what you are meant to do. And it's usually pretty obvious pretty quick. I think it's so obvious that many people decide I am never going to do that because they know the list of the cons, in their opinion, outweighs the list of the pros, so to speak. So, But we are going to break this episode down into two different categories, which I don't always do. Um, but there really and truly are a ton of reasons. And like I said, I've always been envious. I've been jealous of travelers with the, the lifestyle, with, with the ability to be nomadic in nature. Like I said, there's just some really, really wonderful perks. And we try to cover a lot of them on Travel Evolved. There's a lot of really wonderful perks that have to do with being a traveler on the road and having not just the income and being in healthcare, but the lifestyle and the things that I think it lends itself to. I, I really believe that more too often, travelers don't take advantage of that. I know you guys. I know a lot of you personally. You guys know this. You guys have shared with me that you you know darn well that you just kind of go through the grind sometimes and you forget, not all of you, but many of you, most of you, I think, forget the things that we try to remind you on Travel Evolved. I think they're important. I mean, again, sometimes I do an episode, I hear myself talking, I'm going, you need to be listening to your own advice because I, I do see that. I, As you guys know, I, I am fortunate enough that I, can, um, that I have this particular job that allows me to work out of a couple of different offices. As a matter of fact... Um, I don't know if this one will be is airing while I'm also out of out of I'm I'm going to Florida, believe it or not, and working out of there for a while, which I've never done before. But there's an opportunity to. Um, there's a lot of things happening down in that state, so I don't know if while this episode is airing or shortly after. Um, but we are and have been recording a bunch of these so that I don't have to take recording equipment. I'm only going to go for a month or so, but we have a lot of work to do down there. We think it's a great opportunity. The state is booming, has been booming. There's a lot of seasonality down there. So we thought about taking some equipment, but we're not. But my point being is that I, I've always been envious of the things you guys can take advantage of. I don't always take advantage of them. I do, I think more than the average Joe, recognize and understand because of what you, the gift you guys have given me with being in this business, let alone, you know, and in this, this, this industry, has opened my eyes to, to make sure I do, in fact, do that. And I've been very fortunate, as you guys know, that um, I, I do go back and forth between different places because, I mean, right now, it's miserable outside. It's snowing. It's cold. I'm old. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this. I've had enough. For the moment, you guys know, I grew up in Michigan. I went to Florida for a, a while, went to school in there, lived there afterwards, and then came to Colorado. And I've oftentimes said, what did I, why did I come to Colorado? I've got friends in a lot warmer, more appropriate things, but I, I came to ski, so that's kind of part of it. Sorry, I'm going to have to mute that. I got uh, My phone's been blowing up today. But I came out here to ski, and, and I'm, I'm going off the rails already, so let's get back on topic. My, my phone helped me to get back on topic. So listen, there are also, like I said, well, there's a ton of reasons to be a traveler. I also want to recognize there's, there's many very important reasons why you shouldn't be a traveler. And this is where I think you you have to talk to somebody besides me. You've got to talk to somebody who you know and you trust that is a friend, that can give you friendship advice, not just some talking head who's the CEO of a company telling you what I think. You've got to talk to somebody that has done this in your specialty with potentially about the same level of experience 
certifications, education, all that kind of stuff that you have. I think that would be so important to be able to really pick the brain of a number of people. Don't just take one person's advice. Of a number of people that are in your same realm that can talk intelligently about what you're going to experience based upon what they can see and what they know about you. That's really, really important. You can't just listen to one or two people and say, here we go, I'm ready to do it. you got to get some good advice on this. And I think a lot of this has to do, again, well, I'll harken back to, to your you know, traveler marketability. Go listen to that episode. That's important that you kind of really take a very clear evaluation, an honest evaluation of yourself and how marketable you are. And when I say that, I'm going to talk about things like how willing to go anywhere are you? Do you is it is it are you an allied person that actually has the ability to go and you're also willing to go anywhere because you have let's say a national certification or a national license? Are you a registered nurse that is compact state and you are in fact willing to go to over half of the states um, in the country that that have that reciprocity? It's one thing to have the ability to, but are you willing to go? That's part of that marketability. How many years of experience do you have in your field? How many different types of machines, if you're allied, have you been working with that you're familiar with? What's your charting experience if you're if you're a nurse? Do you have you worked with all these different areas? Are you completely overly certified? Have you taken those steps like we talked about to make you marketable? What do your references look like? These are all super important things that I think before you even start to talk to anybody, you have an honest evaluation of how do you measure up against people that are gonna be looking for jobs similar to yours. And this is where I say it doesn't mean you can't be a traveler. But if you feel, honestly, that you fall well short of the average person based upon your experience or your willingness to go places or your certifications, licensure, then you have to honestly say, I am willing to take these assignments that are available for me while I build that marketability up. That was the whole point of that episode. If you're way up here, and you, you know, then great, go for it. But you've got to be honest about yourself and really say, how do I stack up against an average traveler who is as similar or the same specialty as me and that wants the same type of potentially locations or earning income that I want to make? That's that's what you have to do before you even you know go any further. So we're going to talk about that. I am also going to mention that we do have um, some episodes planned. I, I honestly don't know where they fell. We were moving things around so long, you know, about two years ago, that I do know at some point we are doing a traveler newbie part one, two, and three, um, which is a, basically a newbie boot camp to really walk you through. We kind of broke down how to start a traveling career into three different episodes. It was too much to do in one. It would have been really, really long. So we're going to break it down and try to really hit it, you know, between things you're going to need beforehand, you know, how to how to work with, you know, agencies and then really how to fine tune it. That's coming up in the future. I don't know where it is. So if you are interested, be looking for that. Definitely, as I always say, subscribe to whatever you're watching or listening to us on so that you get that notification that there's a new episode coming out. And obviously you'll see those those begin and they're going to do it right in a row boom 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 so that's the one time you'll know if we're doing episode one there's going to be an episode two and three right behind it so okay let's jump right in with the pros i want to really talk about some of the really wonderful things and again i'm not trying to talk anybody into traveling but these are some of the things that you can look forward to if you're already a traveler you can nod your head and say yep you're right first thing i wrote down was the flexibility there's a lot that goes into this this one you know these two words the flexibility what I'm talking about here is you may or may not be in a situation at your, at your home facility that you want to escape. If you are working permanent staff at a facility, and I'm only talking to those people that are, you are very unflexible as to what your day looks like. This is one of the, this is one of the pros of being a traveler. You are not going to be stuck in a rut, so to speak, of the same thing over and over and over again. And for those of you that, that have ever had you know, somebody who's an immediate supervisor come in in front of you, that all of a sudden you're like, oh, the whole, my whole world just changed. That doesn't really happen in travel. If it does, it happens for 13 weeks. Maybe if you took a short assignment, even less than that. So you aren't stuck with the lack of flexibility for your position. And I'm talking about everything from clicks to you know, politics at the facility, um, you know, rule changes, things that they're doing that just drive you nuts. I mean, I, from everything from, you know, going to a non-smoking campus, if you're a smoker, please don't smoke, to, <laughs> to you know, just a new policy. You've got different people that come in above you guys, and we know how hospitals work and how facilities work, 
and all of a sudden the rules change and you're going, man, this job I, I liked or loved has now completely changed. Well, as a traveler, that never can happen. And like I said, if it does, I shouldn't say never. If it happens, it is very temporary for you. You don't oftentimes have to get involved and deal in the minutia that's going on at a facility. You certainly can do your best, and we've had guests on, and we will continue to have guests on, that talk about ways to stay out of that muck and mire and, and to rise above whatever the politics or the clickiness is of your unit or the facility in general, things you love, things you don't like. You don't have to be involved in it. And I actually think from a, from a just a career standpoint, that's pretty nice. Again, if things are going smoothly at your, at your permanent job, this doesn't ever really come into play or you don't really ever think about it. But the minute it does, or just think about what would happen to you now if, in fact, something, a, a direct supervisor or somebody where you work in your area of specialty were to change and be instantly difficult to work with. I don't care if you're on a surgical team or if you're in an imaging unit or an area. It does, as you guys know, make a world of difference who you work with. And so that's part of it. When I also talk about the word flexibility, I'm also talking about just the ability for you to be able to go and work where and when and for how much you want to. Again, that's, in my opinion, the quintessential reason for being a traveler is that flexibility. Along with it, by the way, I wrote something very opposite down in the con section because there's some danger to this, and, and you guys already know where I'm going with that. But the flexibility, in my opinion, is what the whole thing evolves around. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. You can use the word flexibility to talk about pay, location, you know, how much you're working, the acuity of a facility you choose to go to, the weather where you want to go. Like in other words, I mean, do you are you do you want to go someplace where it's nice and warm this time of year and it's and you, you don't make as much or it's you have the the choices are all with you and not with your supervisor or your unit manager or your CEO or CFO or the you know the DON at your facility. It's your choice to go where you want to. And I love that. We also talk about the lifestyle. And this is what I said early on in this episode that, that I tried to do and maybe try to emulate a little bit more is to capture the lifestyle of being a traveler. I, I, I just believe this, and I'm going to get a, a little bit wishy-washy here, but if you're going to be a traveler, if you already are, one of the first things you should say is, I'm going to elevate my lifestyle. So many of us, you guys included, either we don't have the opportunity to or we don't think about that enough in our day. I've always kind of not, I haven't, I've, never, I've always disliked the term, what is it, what's the word, I already lost it now, work, I can't remember it, I just had it somebody time. Health, health, work, not health, work, lifestyle. Well, I'm, I'm losing it. You guys all know what I'm talking about. Work, help, health, life. I don't know what it is. But when you're balancing, gosh, I'm an idiot. I just thought of this 10 seconds ago and it went out of my head. What is it? It's work, life. I don't know. The balance between your work and the balance between your life. Everyone out there knows what I'm talking about except me. I can't get the words out of my mouth. My brain shut down. I didn't have enough vitamin B today. So that's what I'm talking about. It's an, it's, I've always hated that phrase. However, the concept behind it is real. Now, what I've always hated about the phrase is that I think there's too many people that don't want to work hard enough in our world. I, I, I just think if you work your tail off, you then get the rewards for the hard work. And I think too many people in our culture and our society right now, here's where I get philosophical, believe in the reward before they've earned it. Last time I checked, if you do that, you're never going to make, you're never going to get to the reward. You've got to bust, you know what, and it doesn't change if you want to be a healthcare professional, and especially if you want to take that on the road. But that being said, the lifestyle itself, I think it's it's the whole reason why you why you travel. It's because that's the biggest reward because it's so all encompassing. It encompasses everything. The lifestyle should mean you do have more money because you're making more. You're making good travel evolved trained decisions about where you want to go. You've got that year-long commitment of what the kind of income you want to make. And you're seeking out assignments that help help you hit those career financial goals because you are going to treat this like a career or like a, like a new, like your own business, I should say. So lifestyle is the number one reason why you want to be a traveler because it it works for everybody if you're lucky enough to have that work for you too. So so I wrote down the next thing. I wrote down the locations because I know I, I kind of talked about that lifestyle, but here's what, I, here's what I love 
love, love, love about your 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 career. Like me, like I said, I'm going to um, work out of a, an office in a state I've never worked out of before for all, in this career. That's not true. I actually have worked in Florida, out of Florida, multiple times. Back when I was you know, traveling, I was there quite a bit, pretty much hit every major city uh, in that state. Uh, as, I, as I told you guys about, that I would go and fly and meet with nurses, literally Miami and Fort Lauderdale, two separate different ones, Orlando, Sarasota, Tampa, Jacksonville and I and I did I go to the panhandle can't remember so plus I also did some consulting work so to speak uh, in Florida for a while uh, relatively recently and and uh, so yeah I mean I I'm looking forward to going down to this part of the country uh, mostly to do some work with one of the major systems down there uh, to get a little bit more involved with uh, one of our vendors Get some things done um, to help with uh, you know with with our with our app and get some things kind of moving along. Some great ideas we have there. Um, so I love the fact that I, again I've tried to be able to do this. Now I happen to love California as it's been well documented here. Um, I do need to see some different parts of California, so I'm looking forward to doing that over the next few years. But you know we've got an office out there that's pretty pretty stable. But the locations that you guys get to go to and see, it's really up in the air. It's where do you want to go? Obviously, it's limited to the supply and demand and in which you know your specialty, uh, it, it, how high is it there in that particular area of the country that you want to go to? If it's really specific, you know, then you're limited that way. But for the most part, from what I know, the sky is almost the limit. So literally, I've, I've had hundreds and hundreds of people that I have employed or have worked through a company that I have or am currently the CEO of, which is a better way to phrase it, that have gone to Alaska for the first time, that have gone to Hawaii for the first time, that never had gone to New England, had never gone to California or up to the Pacific Northwest, or have never been to Florida, and now all of a sudden they had gone and done that, those assignments. It's a really cool aspect to see. I do have my homebodies, right? People that only want to stay in their state and their, in their location. I don't know what it is about those Folks, but they really do love to stay in their area, even if they are a compact state, but that's their prerogative. This is why the locations is, again, I think such a huge pro because if you want to see more and get a taste for more, and listen, some people just aren't that way. You know, I grew up in Michigan, and when it was time for me to leave that state, I couldn't wait to get out of there. Nothing wrong with the state of Michigan. But I was ready, and I'm really glad that I did leave that state and finish my college career uh, down in Florida where I went. It was a totally different environment. I, listen, I've got friends that have never left the city of Saginaw, which is where I'm from. Never. They were born there, and now they're raising their kids there, and they're going to retire there potentially. It's just one of those things. People just love, you know, they're they're they have a family name, or they they just they, they've lived there their whole lives, and they don't want to go and do anything differently. If that's you, you probably don't want to be a traveler. But if it is you, you're absolutely in the right mode and the right idea of where you're going to take your career, and that is because you have literally the sky's the limit. And I'm telling you, I believe this. The more open you are to locations. It helps in all areas of your travel career, especially the financial ones. Listen, if you're willing to, like I say, go to all those places I just mentioned, or if you're also willing to go to the, you know, the northern part of Minnesota in the middle of winter, or to one of the Dakotas, for example, or someplace out in the middle of nowhere, let's say in, in Montana, or in the middle of our country, let's say Nebraska or Oklahoma somewhere, to chase dollars, you're going to make a lot of money. And what you're going to find, and I'm going to promise you this because I've been told this by many of you, many, many of you, dozens of you, that you're going to be surprised at what, at what you end up liking. I had this happen pretty recently, twice I can think of. I think I shared this with you guys already. I went to a wedding in the middle of, I didn't tell you the name of the state. I'll tell you the name of the state now. My niece graduated from law school at Iowa, and we all went back there for her wedding. That's where all friends were. I got to tell you, I was really impressed with that state. I flew into one city, which is not where the University of Iowa is, and drove to the other just because the flights were better from Denver. A beautiful state, beautiful city, beautiful town. I was, I was like, boy, I, I never had been to Iowa, and I was thoroughly impressed. Another thing I think I've shared with you guys that I have, my, my, uh, my parents, my dad now lives um, 
you know, a small town in the middle of Texas. He, he used to go down there for the wintertime. He lives there now. And um, I was like, what are, my, what are my folks doing in this little tiny little town? I went there and I get it now. It's a cool little town that's in the middle of nowhere that is very unique to itself. These are the kind of things that you guys are going to experience if you're willing to go out and try and go check them out. You just have to be willing to do it. I'm not trying to convince anybody to. I'm saying if that sounds interesting to you and you are, in fact, chasing the dollars like I was just saying, you're going to be surprised at the places and the gems in our country. You're going to find it like, you know, I didn't really know I was going to love being up in the middle of, of, you know, of a small town in Maine, but my gosh, do I ever love it here. And I may come back here. I may vacation here. I may do another assignment here the next time this particular season is available. These are the kind of things that I think happen. The locations in which you guys go, either it's by choice because you really want to go to a certain location, but there's nothing wrong with that. Don't confuse me saying that it's all about the money because I just think if you chase the dollars, everything kind of falls into place. And if you're willing to go anywhere... It kind of all works together, but it's not necessarily the right model to go after. I actually, in talking this out loud, kind of like the idea of chasing some dollars, as you guys know, on some assignments, and then recharging your batteries and going to some lower acuity, warmer maybe weather, or laid back places um, that either are closer to home or just you know a little little less pay because it's a nicer place. Like right now, I'm thinking here, this middle of middle of winter, to do an assignment down in. In Baton Rouge or in you know Pensacola, Florida, sounds pretty darn good to me right about now. So that's what I'm talking about when I say locations. There is the sky's kind of the limit. Again, slightly based upon the need. But if you are lucky enough to be have a have a specialty in which there's a lot of demand for, you're gonna be able to go anywhere you want to, which I think is is amazing. So let's jump into the income. I, I think the reason we did that episode back two summers ago was because the income can be so attractive, and it should be. You guys, even with the rates droppings from what they were, that wasn't real. We knew it wasn't real. I documented and said so much as, as when it was happening. And everyone was like a deer in a headlight and shocked when the money ran out and it wasn't available anymore. And it's, it's like it was right there. It was, it was on the right of the wall. And I kept telling people, stop taking the top highest paying assignment you can find because you're going to be the first one to get cut when the pencil people come in and go, hey, this is too much, and we don't have that kind of money more, and boom, 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 I don't care who you were. And you guys all experienced that, and I told you to, to be careful of that, but you did it anyway. Hopefully you made your money. If you did it, you knew it was coming, fine, make your money, but be ready for that, that to happen. But even with the rates, quote-unquote, dropping, they are still not dropping to what we would have anticipated 2023 rates to be, Back in 2019, if you were just look at the normal cadence of economic scale of how the you know, the rates were going, we wouldn't be at the rates we are right now without what happened. So I said this. I didn't say it on this podcast. I think I said it on maybe it was been maybe it was Travel Insiders that I was doing at the time. I don't remember, but I did very well document that I said when this is over, we're going to go to about 13, 15, 16 percent higher than what we should have, than what we normally would have been, and I and I've been right on that right now. It's still a little higher than that. I think we're still going to dip kind of back down. We'll see when the um, when the season, quote unquote, when winter's over and going to spring. I think that will start to normalize some things. Um, but I still believe you guys are going to make more money than you would have made in 2023 had it not been for what we went through. It was an appreciation from I think hospital administrators that they're is more of a value to what travelers bring. And listen, there's all kinds of things that, that we don't talk about too often on Travel Evolve, but I've always said we are a payroll floating mechanism. That's the, that's the big part, a payroll floating mechanism that allows them to retrieve and receive insurance money, money from patients' pockets, from, from Medicare, Medicaid, before they have to even pay for their labor, which is you guys. There's a ton of other things, right? I understand that they're not that they're paying our all-inclusive rate, so they're still theoretically paying for, let's say, your insurance. However, as we all know, insurance companies work. They don't treat hospitals any differently. If you're a hospital, you have to pay for all that up front. So you're also kind of cash flow is better because you're paying for it again six weeks later as opposed to paying for a month in advance for your internal employee. So there's a cash flow assistance there, all helping to receive those payments of those bills. But even their, their you know, workman's compensation, if you're a traveler, you're on ours. You're not on there. So there's money to be saved there. I'm not, listen, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that hospitals are saving money, money switch imagination by using travelers. I'm just saying it's not as bad as what I think the general public thinks. It's a higher bill rate, but the benefit 
is there. They wouldn't do it if there wasn't. And that is mostly that some of these things are delayed by six weeks. So their revenue stream is and their, their cash flow is better. And there are some financial advantages and lower cost by having somebody else be on someone else's payroll than it is to be on the hospital's payroll. So what I'm getting at is the income, in my opinion, is I already said that it's the you know it's the lifestyle, but the income is clearly, in my opinion, the biggest reasons why travelers decide that they want to be a traveler. And I think it's also the biggest reasons why travelers have difficulty getting out of travel and going into permanent. They're shocked oftentimes at what permanent positions pay. Uh, even now, even now, um, with incentives and bonuses and that sort of thing, they are still surprised that my gosh, it's going to be really hard for me to make ends meet. Uh, when I'm not getting, you know, a, a portion of my income tax-free, when I'm not at this higher, higher hourly pay rate, when I don't have the insurance I'm getting, l- the pay is, is good. And here's what I will tell you guys. If your pay isn't good, you need to be shopping around with all of us agencies. Again, I, you guys know this to be true. Every agency has a different pay package for the same exact job as I've, as, as I've documented. I think ad nauseum, can we say that now that I've actually documented this to the point where it's almost ridiculous? But I don't know if someone's ever going to listen to another episode if this is their first episode. So for those of you that have heard this a ton of times, bear with me. I'll get to some more good points in a minute. But if you're not making the money, you should be looking at agencies that pay higher for the exact same opportunity. There's no difference. So you should be shopping around these these offers. I understand if you've got a favorite company or a high-paying company that doesn't have this job, that's a whole different monster. Take, make the best decision you can. Either take a job with somebody else and tell your company how much you love them, but hopefully they'll get the position or, or however it works. But if you are, you know, looking at positions, I hope you get the top paying company at the positions in which you want. You shouldn't be settling for any company that's paying $50, $30, dollars less a week than another company. There's, I want to know what the reason for that is. Unless it's insurance that you need, which I've discussed recently. There's no compelling reason why you should take a job for a substandard rate. And I'm telling you, with all the apps that we're developing, what I'm still not seeing is a company that's taking that technology and passing the lack of cost that we all have for recruiting onto the traveler. It's not. It's just, okay, go to work for us faster so we can make more money as we're the big machine. So that's the next change that's going to happen. More companies are going to have to follow next-gen med staff and start saying, well, wait a minute, what am I exactly paying why is a company still taking 32% margins out of my $100 bill rate and leaving the rest for Uncle Sam to pay and for me to pay when they don't have any expenses for these huge recruiting teams that they have, these salespeople? I should be getting a much bigger slice of the pie. And I'm telling you guys, that's coming. The more of you guys that go to work for companies like mine and other companies, I know that I'm not the only one, that offer a higher, a much a significantly higher pay package for the exact same job, just for you to be able to clicking on a button saying, "Yep, yeah, this is the one I want." Instead of having some young kid, no offense to recruiters out there, who you barely know, telling you where you shouldn't shouldn't be submitted to, and hoping and trusting that they're submitting you to jobs and have your best interest in mind. It makes no sense. Getting back to what I was saying, you, you see how passionate I get about this because I just I I can't wait for things to turn. They already are. We're seeing momentum building, 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 and it's turning, but some of you guys are still like, I just don't know if I want to go with a recruiterless model. I think it's too important. But the income, regardless of what type of company you're working through, the income is incredibly important. And if you're not seeing it, you're doing something wrong. So if you're thinking about, and so you want to become a traveler, you should be looking at rates that are substantially higher than what you're making now. Even though some of your expenses are going to be dedoubled, you're going to have rent, even though you have a mortgage or you're paying rent at home, you're going to have all those expenses that you've had at home, you're going to be doubling those, but you still should be bringing home a justifiably substantially higher number in order to be a traveler. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I want to briefly talk about the independence. I know it's part of the lifestyle, but again, I just want to touch on this one topic unto itself, and that is that you are, in fact, your own business person. Like I've said, we, we had an episode called Creating a Business Mindset. When you become a traveler, or so you want to become a traveler, the first thing you start thinking about is that you have options, right? If you decide to take some time off, that's your decision. It is not the facility's decision. It is not your your manager of your unit's decision. It is not the, the DON's decision or the assistant DON. It is your decision. So the independence is wonderful. You have the option of saying, you know what, I just made a 
bunch of money and I can see I'm fried, I'm going to go take some time off. And I'm not going to jump right in and go immediately to another assignment. Or I am. Maybe I maybe I just I struggled through a tough assignment and boy I really didn't make very much money. Now I'm going to go and I'm going to I've decided myself that I'm going to go chase some dollars and go work for a high paying assignment. The independence and in is all part of it. It's one of the most wonderful parts. I know it goes along with some of the things I'm saying, but just to talk about it by itself, being independent is what I think every worker in the U.S. would love to be able to do. And most of us can't. Most of us are either tied to a company or tied to a staff or we're part of a staff. And it's really hard to work independently. And I think that if you if that sounds attractive to you, it's definitely a pro. It is definitely a reason why you would that traveling might make a lot of sense to you because you're totally independent of anybody besides yourself and potentially your family, if you have one, that is going to make those decisions as to what you should and shouldn't be doing. You're in control. And I, I love that aspect of it. All right, last thing I want to touch on, on the pros, and I want to move to the cons here in a minute, but I, I just, I, I really do love this industry. And that is that I think your career should improve. We we did an episode that talked about the, um, oh, I'm going to make sure, I'm, boy, I'm really not thinking clearly today, which is just hard to do a podcast when the words aren't coming out right. But we talked about the benefit of being a traveler, and I called it traveler wisdom. And what I meant by that is that traveler wisdom is where you start to become smarter and better at your position because you've experienced so many different avenues from and different options from all the facilities that you've worked at. As you be, as you move in through your travel career, you should become better and better and better at it. That you and, and more so than you would if you were working at a staff position. Is what I guess I need to, to come right out and say. You're going to experience more good and bad. And like I've always said on on most episodes or a lot of episodes of Trial Evolved, there's a ton more oftentimes to learn from the bad than there is the good. But you're going to experience both at every single assignment you go to. If you encapsulate that into your career, into your traveler wisdom, your career is going to go up. You're going to be better at what you do than if you were just staying at home. I just think it's a, it's a minimal one. It's one I don't want to spend a lot of time on. But I, I do think this is something that, that we don't talk about enough in our industry. And I also think it's, unfortunately, it is... It's not always welcomed at new facilities to hear your travel wisdom, but you, but you can't, that can't be taken away from you. You have that. You've gained that knowledge. You've gained that experience. It's now yours. It's up here in your head. It cannot be removed. So you can use it as you'd like. And we've done episodes about how to you know, help a new hospital if you choose to. It's tough. We've also, we also said that. It's difficult sometimes because most people don't want to hear how we used to do it or how we did it at this other hospital. They don't oftentimes care. If we could fix that, it would change the industry, I believe, and would change healthcare in our country immensely. I think travelers have a lot to offer, but I don't know of a lot of people that are paying attention to what your traveler wisdom is. But you guys know, and that cannot be taken away from you. You're going to become a better healthcare provider the longer you're a traveler. That's all there is to it. Okay, I think it's time for us to move over to the cons. And I, again, I, this is important. It's just as important as understanding all the wonderful things. And listen, there's a ton more. I mean, honestly, every here's the last thing I guess I'll say on the pros is that I believe heavily that every single traveler out there has their own reasons why they travel. I think it's interesting that in our industry, we allow recruiters and people from my side of the desk to influence those decisions as to where and why and who you're being submitted to based upon limited knowledge of where you want to go. And that's why... I just believe our industry is evolving and changing and moving into a better area where you are more in control. Sorry, something flying around here. Much like a lot of other industries where the employee has options or in our lifestyle. I mean, look at all the things that we do on our own. I don't care if you're taking a vacation. When's the last time you called a travel agent to plan your vacation? You don't. You know where you want to go. You know how much you want to spend. You know how, what kind of car you want to rent. You know how the price of the hotel you're willing to stay at. And oftentimes you'll change your mind based upon the cost of that flight, that hotel, that destination. It's not a lot different. But you certainly, weren't, certainly aren't putting a person you barely know in charge of your vacation, let alone your career. And that's why I'm saying that I, I know things are changing. But you're in charge, and I think there's so many wonderful avenues and so many reasons to be a traveler because it, it's for some of you, it's not about the money. Some of you, it's not about the location. 
you're unique in your own reason for doing this. So don't forget that. And every one of you guys has a completely different reason than I probably just mentioned for wanting to become a traveler on today's episode. I hope it's some of those. I hope some of those were reaffirmations as to why you want to be a traveler. However, let's talk about some of the reasons why maybe you might want to ponder this or at least consider this a little longer because there's some things you should know. This is what you're going to get from your peers. I think you're going to hear the good stuff, but I think travelers and healthcare professionals are pretty good at giving you some warning signs as to, hey, have you thought about this? And the first thing I want to talk about is you're walking away from security theoretically. I talked about independence. I talked about flexibility. But I said, along that same vein, you're also walking away from a guaranteed job for the most part. Yeah, you can goof up and you can get fired. But for most of you, that's not really in the cards. You are literally walking away from a steady, guaranteed paycheck, potentially with benefits, potentially with seniority, and you know all the different things that you've worked so hard for. You're walking away from that to literally be a brand new entity in that facility, potentially every 13 weeks. Not knowing maybe a soul, walking in as, here, I'm the traveler to come in and save the day. And everyone's looking at like, okay, traveler, here's, what we, here's how messed up our unit is, here's what we do. It is scary. And again, we've had multiple travelers on as guests, and they've all said it's, it can be intimidating. You literally are, are, are on your own. I just said the independence and, and all the wonderful things about being traveled, that also is a two-way street. When you leave that security, you don't have anybody. No one is in charge of your career besides you. And like I just said, stop letting a kid you barely know be in charge of it. Take control of it yourself. But you are, in fact, in charge of your own career, which means there's nobody to pass the buck to if it's, if it's wrong. If you make a mistake, if you interview and you don't end up liking the assignment, if somebody misled you, all the things that, we've, that we try to teach you on Travel Evolved, almost every episode has something in it that we're trying to help you get through that learning curve a little bit better. And we always can't because there's some times when we don't think of everything. But those are all those episodes are oftentimes some compelling reasons for you to stop and think, can I do this? Can I learn how to do this better and get through that learning curve faster so I'm not making mistakes, which in your world, mistakes cost you a lot and oftentimes more than just money. So you're walking away from some some pretty good security and it takes a very unique person to be able to do that. Not everybody is willing to you know, lay it on their own 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 shoulders whether or not they're successful in their career. For a lot of people, it's like, no, no, thank you. I am, I, I like having my steady paycheck. I like knowing that two years from now, I've had, I've made this kind of money. Sure, I could make more, but for me, that's more valuable than the idea and the thought of chasing some dollars or chasing some locations. And if you're thinking that way, traveling is probably not for you. If you are that um, cautious, and there's nothing wrong with that, it's no different than like investing, right? If you're a very cautious investor, you're going to be guaranteed, hopefully, if things, you know, based upon economy, that you should grow some wealth steadily, slowly, it'll be there. For other people, they want to they get a lot more wealthy and they're willing to take some risk with their money. They're willing to throw some things out there that hopefully will really pay off, but they're willing to risk that based upon their own knowledge and the things that they've learned or advice they're getting. They're willing to risk that if they might lose some of that. So if you're that kind of person, then traveling might not be for you. If you if you just like that safety and security, keep that in mind. When you become a traveler, whether you guys like this or not, you are dependent upon, I just said you're, you know, it's, it's you're independent, but you are still dependent upon the agency in which you work that assignment or those assignments through. There's no two ways around that. So you're trading off hospital and you know the, the, the CFO of your facility for an agency and the way that they do some things. Now here's what I love about this. It's kind of taking my con and making it pro again is that you're not stuck with any agency for very long. Like I've always said, travelers travel for certain reasons. Now if the things you like about that agency, maybe they pay really, really well, maybe they've got great locations, maybe you really like your recruiter, whatever your reason is, you might be willing to put up with slightly more if they're at the top echelon of some of those things. If they're the worst paying company out there and you know you, you don't like their insurance, you don't like whatever, then maybe it's time to go. But that's what companies like us are always trying to do. We're trying to figure out what is it that people want to stay for. Um, 
is is money the most important? Are they willing to? I don't know. Let's just. I mean, is that going to keep them on board? It used to be insurance and 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 recruiters were great reasons to stay on board with people, but not anymore. It really comes down to money, as I've always said. But you are going to be dependent upon another entity or entities. I think that's probably the better way to go, in my opinion, to get you through your yearly annual income and your goals that you the goals that you want to make. Which means that. It isn't just you. You do have to work through and go through that process, which for many travelers is cumbersome. One of the things we are going to talk about on those on those newbie you know traveler episodes is going to be about how to sort through agencies. And of course, it's coming from a CEO of an agency and an agency's team. So take it with a grain of salt. But there are things you're gonna you're going to have to do. You're going to have to find the agency or the agencies that you, of choice that you're going to choose to work with for the reasons that are compelling to you. I do believe those are different for everybody else. But it is a con, in my opinion. You're not just calling hospitals and getting jobs and they're just paying you, whatever. You've got to go through another entity, which is, in fact, a travel agency. And I actually think that's a con. I think that, that unfortunately, I've always said, we're a necessary evil. Uh, and I, I don't mean to say that we're evil. I think there are some really evil companies out there. I think there's some companies that are just real ruthless and unethical, mostly with the amount of money that they take. It's just my opinion, but I call this a necessary evil because I think if travelers and hospitals could agree, there would be a figure out a way to just go directly with the with the employee. But that kind of takes away our one benefit that I've always said, and that is that we pay travelers before they pay us, which means we're floating all that millions and millions and sometimes up to probably I bet it's over it's probably over a billion dollars we're we're pre-funding that so hospitals and hospital systems don't have to for all that staff whether it's just travel or per diem and all that kind of stuff I mean it's, it is I'm sure it's that much so there's a huge benefit financially that you don't really hear about but unfortunately we are necessary and we we create that benefit for a hospital and we give that benefit to a traveler that allows them to be paid right away and we do all the work and we get them credentials and all the things that cost hospitals money we take all that burden onto ourselves and we get that all done so it's part of it but i still think it's a con that you guys unfortunately do have to work through an agency or an agencies it's just I don't think it's a great thing. I think it's one of the things that I would say is a negative. And you've got to learn how to how to work through different companies and how they function, which I don't, also don't think it was good. It's funny because I wrote, this is where I said I wrote things twice. I wrote the independence for a pro. I also wrote it for a con. For some people, the independence can be a con. And we've done episodes about, you know, with my with good friends of mine about alone but not lonely. We've talked about predatory relationships that you kind of can be susceptible to when people find out that you're only there for a little while and you make a ton of money because you're a traveler. You can be susceptible to people pouncing on you and saying, hey, I'm the love of your life. And we've done a lot of things about that. The independence can be a negative as well as it can be a positive. Depending upon who you are and your ability to recognize or, or cope, I guess, with with that lack of being on the road and being new every time, being by yourself, potentially a lot, unless you're traveling with a spouse or a partner or a family. I've seen that as well. There are going to be times when you're going to feel that the independence is a con, that I'm just, I'm, I'm an island unto myself. I'm alone out here. That's the truth. Like I've said many times, you are in charge of your own business model. You are in charge of getting and securing your next assignment. You've either got to apply to a bunch of, of opportunities through a recruiter's model or a bunch of recruiters submitting you a bunch of different things to stay gainfully employed. You've got to decide what you're going to take, what you're going to pass on. You're also trying not to apply to too many so that they don't stop working with you. There's a lot there. And the independence, I think, can in fact be one of those things that's like, man, this is not as good as I thought it was going to be. This this is this is tough some days. There's no one else, like I said, to point the finger to besides yourself. If you aren't working, you should have applied to more. You maybe should have gotten going faster. You should have you know done a better job at the last assignment. There's all kinds of things that you could sit there and say. But I think the independence can be, for some of you, can be more of a, a con than it is a pro if that's your personality and you don't necessarily want to be that independent. So really consider that, I think, heavily. It's... Um, I guess to kind of, I don't know if this is a different topic or the same, but here's what I'll tell you. There's a lot of work to do, theoretically, every 13 weeks. If you're not extending, even if you are extending this work to do, you, you guys have to work hard at this career. Harder by far than you have to work if you're on a permanent staff. That's just the simple truth. 
literally every time you're getting ready to end an assignment or you know, hopefully a little bit before you're ready to end an assignment, you've got to go back to work for yourself potentially four times a year. And just I'm using just normal 13-week numbers. Even if you're extending, you still have to get that done. And with the rates going up and down and usually down anymore for extensions, you know, you've got to you've got to start negotiating and figuring out what's the best what's your best move every three months, which I think is a pain. It is definitely not a pro to this business. Like I said, the things I'm mentioning on the con section should be so much smaller than the things that are on the pro section. If they're not, then you shouldn't be doing this. So I'm mentioning a lot, as I said, there there's more of them. But I think at the beginning of the episode, I said the, the overwhelming majority is that the pros should way outweigh the cons. So these may not seem like a big deal, but it's a pain. Every 13 weeks, you have to go out and you've got to basically re-find a position. And really think about it. that means you've got to interview. You've got to go in front. How many times have you guys, for those of you who have been traveling a long time, have been shocked that you're not getting phone calls because it happens to be the, the time of the year? We've talked about that in episodes where all of a sudden there's just a huge amount of, su- of supply and less demand. Like right now, for example, when it's the first of the year-ish and everyone's secured their jobs over the holidays or maybe you didn't and you're scrambling and maybe you're not quite as, you're not getting the phone calls you typically do the rest of the year. It's hard work. And you have to do it theoretically every 13 weeks. And you may be doing it with a completely different set of people, which means you might be changing agencies or going back to an agency every 13 weeks. That's not easy. And you really need to think about that before you decide to jump in this, into this lifestyle. You're going to negotiate four times a year theoretically for an extension or for a new assignment, which means potentially once you actually get the assignment, you may have to be sending all new paperwork and credentialing, which I think is an episode I saw coming up pretty soon, to a brand new agency every single time, which is also kind of a pain. So, you know, we'll talk about that in the episode. But there's all kinds of stuff. It's not just finding your assignment. You've got to go to work for them. You've got to select insurance. You've got to decide how you want this to go. You maybe have to reset up all your payroll with two or three different accounts you have things going into. It's a lot of work, and you have to do it all the time, theoretically every three months. I wrote down the learning curve because we did the episode on the learning curve early on, and I would urge, urge, urge you guys to go back, especially if you're new. You may not know what the learning curve episode is, but go back and listen to that one because it really is going to talk to you about what to expect and how you're going to proceed and progress through the travel healthcare learning curve, and there absolutely is one. You can't control how fast you go through it. Some of you are lucky and you may get through it quicker because of your ability and your smarts and your ability to be able to, I guess, to ebb and flow, potentially some great advice from some people. We try to get you through it as fast as we can on Travel Evolve. That's the whole reason for the entire the entire podcast and YouTube channel is to get you through the learning curve. But there is a learning curve. And this is something that I think most new travelers or people are considering wanting to be a traveler don't think about enough. That you think, I already know my specialty. What else? So, so I'm just going to do it at a different hospital. No big deal. Yeah, big deal. There's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn, like I just said, about how to, how to work with an agency, how to, how to um, interview, how to have your you know, credentials up to speed, your traveler marketability, all about this pie. Then once you go to work, it's all about how to you know, adjust to that unit. All the things that we talk about on Travel Evolved, there's a curve literally for every single one of them. Some of them you'll go through like this. Some of them will really you're going to struggle through. But you should know that when you go and become a healthcare traveler, you have a whole new set of learning curve on how to be that. It's if you're a musician, you're just sitting in your basement or you know, wherever, you know, playing guitar. That's different. You said you want to take that and actually turn that into a career. You got a lot to learn, right? It's not a lot different. So, well, it's actually it's. it's it's much more at a larger scale for you guys and something like that. I'm trying to break it down. But that's what I'm talking about. There is, it's a new niche in your career. It is not the same, not even close. The only thing that stays the same is probably your patient care and the BS you're going to face at every single facility that you're probably trying to get away from at your current facility. Other than that, it's a whole different monster. So be prepared for that. Get through it and get better. Listen to our podcast and our YouTube channel and all the episodes that we've got planned, especially our guests, and you're going to go through that a lot quicker. Like I said, and the other thing I'll tell you guys, if you are new or considering you listening, you're listening to this episode because this is your first time you're thinking about it and someone mentioned this and, and turned you on to it, I would also, I've already probably mentioned four or five episodes you should listen to. The last one I'm going to mention is, is the, the business mindset. One of our most 
early on episodes because this is what I'm talking about when I say learning curve. You have to treat this very differently. You've got to look at your income. You've got to look at your operating expenses. You've got to look at your net income. You've got to look at your cost of goods sold. What is it costing me to do this particular assignment? And you've got to have a great bottom line that makes sense to you guys to do this travel nursing and travel allied career. It's just the facts. So you got to listen to that episode because when you're all done, this is what's going to be left. Your experiences and the money that you made from this career. You have to treat this as if it's, you know, you have to put yourself into a business mindset with this. You can't just be a healthcare professional anymore. You've got to get smart. You've got to get smart with the numbers. you got to make sure your company's paying you really, really well, properly for the hours that you're working over 36 hours, that properly for overtime, that you're doing your tax advantage perfectly. You don't have to worry about that. You're going to get a CPA, which is going to be part of your team, your financial team, that's going to really help you get through the tough stuff so you don't have to lay in bed at night and worry. You've got someone who's got your back, who's certified, that is guaranteeing that your taxes are done perfectly. All that stuff, it's part of the business model, and you've got to take that. I'm putting that down as a con because it's a lot of work. But if you can grasp that and listen to that episode, I think you're going to understand what we're talking about, and that is that this is really important, and it's really the the pivoting point whether or not you're going to be successful or not successful, or at least how successful you're going to be. The more you understand about the business mindset, the more your travel healthcare career is going to take off for you, and the better it's going to be and the more rewarding on all the different topics we talk about here is going to be. So I went longer than I thought I would. I wanted to cover more on this one. I hope this was helpful. A couple of things I want to mention here. Number one is um, I, I, I love this industry. I think this industry is so much fun. And yeah, there are days where I just beat my head against the wall because it can be frustrating. Dealing with people and personalities, both internally and externally, is always fun and, and, and challenging at the same, in the same breath. And that's what I'm talking about. Whenever I get frustrated, it's usually because of, of individuals that are going through a learning curve potentially. And again, I'm not talking about necessary travelers. I'm talking about internal people as well. That's part of the challenge, but it's also the most rewarding when you get them through there and they understand their own value as, you know, again, internally or externally. I, I think that aspect is fantastic. I think the industry is going nowhere but up. It's not going anywhere. We know this. We lost a ton of people. Uh, over the last few years, that got for a variety of different reasons, whether it was burnout, lack of appreciation, mandates, retirement. They made enough money that they retired early. There was a lot of reasons why why our our healthcare professionals shrank. I do see the travel industry is going back to a normal census, so to speak, of how many people are actually doing this. It's normalizing itself out, like I've always said in, in all of our episodes, that our industry has a wonderful way of doing that. So that's happening. So I, I think we're in a really good place. I think if you're thinking about, so you want to be a traveler, I think I think it's a good decision. I mean, I'm not just saying that because I'm in the industry. I see the wonderful aspects of being a traveler. It's, it is enviable what you guys get to do. Really, really is. You can make a huge amount of money. You can have all kinds of freedom and flexibility. You can see our beautiful country. You can be happy, which is, you know, again, what the travelers I know, it's always the joke. Be a happy traveler. Why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you be a happy? Everything that you wanted when you were going to school to do what you want to do is on steroids. It's better. It's more money. It's more locations. It's more more uh, uh, personal acumen and and and, and uh, accolades. I meant to say that that are. I know I'm better at what I'm doing. So there's so many good reasons on it. So. Lastly, I'm going to tell you guys, please join us on our Facebook group, Travel Evolve. Search us out there. Join that group. Um, we are going live, like I said, twice a week. We're talking about these episodes. I, I, I really want you guys to start asking each other some questions on that group. Social media has gotten away from that now. Facebook primarily is, like I always said, just people posting memes for you guys to look at the jobs and see what they're paying and then talk to a recruiter. But take that group back away from us. Uh, we want you guys to be in control of it. Ask tough questions that you know we can't answer so that your peers can answer it. But join Facebook, uh, the group Travel Evolve. We're going live at, uh, again, we go live at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time 
every Monday and Thursday. That will change. So if you're looking to listen to this episode and it's a year left, it's been released, that's probably where we're going to go down to once a week live. We're going to be going live on YouTube. We're going to be going live on TikTok uh, pretty pretty soon here. Uh, so we'll be doing some of those things too. So if you don't follow us on those, you know, look for, uh, look for let's see, we're Next Gen Med Staff on TikTok. We are Travel Evolved on YouTube. And obviously, we're Travel Evolved on uh, podcast. We can't go live on podcast. Well, maybe we can. Can we? We might be able to. I think there's, if we can now, I guarantee we will. They'll be doing that pretty soon. So, guys, join us on all those platforms. Stay involved. Keep an eye on what we're doing. We, we're really trying to push the envelope, really trying to move this industry forward for your benefit. Our whole goal at Travel Evolved and at Next Gen Med Staff is to increase your slice of the pie. And the only way we know how to do that is literally by decreasing our slice of the pie. So we're actively trying to make less money on every traveler with good reason and really good intent. I appreciate you guys. We'll catch you next time on Travel Evolved.